Today on Hardwired. And I'm telling you, church, God's got a problem in America. Here's the problem. Not just that his son is being removed from every scene, from every place, from every store, from every public square, but his people aren't talking about him. Let me tell you something, folks. Jesus will get back into the culture if Jesus gets back into the church. You're listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. It's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and hear about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference as it's hardwired into your life, your relationships, and your future. You may be stuck in traffic or maybe even stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help you get on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. And if for any reason you have to break away before the end of the program, you can always catch it at our website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. So let's go ahead and get right into today's message. Here's Pastor Jeff to set it up for us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be in talking about some of the main Bible characters that went through some really, really hard times. I'm so thankful the Bible is truthful about the heroes that we find within its pages. And today we're gonna talk about a lady named Hannah and how Hannah was able to come back from really a place of despair. Hannah was about to give up on life. She had reached such a place of desperation that all she could do is fall down on her face and cry out to God for deliverance. And God brought it. And I believe this is where many of you are right now. And this is going to be an encouraging word for you. I want you to be sure to tune in, grab your Bible, make some notes, and let's allow the Word of God to speak to us today. I can't wait to share part two of the message, Hannah Rose. Let's jump right in. The promise to every believer is that our God is never checkmated by circumstances. He's never checkmated by the devil. He's never checkmated by us. He always, 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 I'm gonna say it again, always makes us triumph in Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us because anything Satan throws at us, any mistake we make, anything that comes against us, God turns it according to his sovereign power for our good. It's gonna work for your good. No matter what it looks like, it's gonna work for your good. God's gonna turn it for your good, no matter what it is, even when it's pain. But the Bible says that in those days, the word of the Lord was so rare, it was a rare thing when anybody heard a word from the lips of God. And there was no widely spread vision. The people were groping in the dark. They were spiritually in the dark. They had no word from God. Now, let me tell you something. The way you get vision is you get into the word of God. The way you get vision, you get into the word of God. You open up these pages and as you read the Bible, it brings vision, it brings purpose, it brings meaning. We begin to understand what we're all about. We are not an evolutionary mishap. Our distant descendants did not crawl as some amoeba out of some ancient sea and through a process of evolution, we became what we are today. We were created by creator, Jehovah, almighty God. 
And we were created with a purpose, with a design, with an intent in mind. We've got a reason to get up in the morning. We've got a reason to seek his face. We've got a reason to rejoice in the Lord. We've got a reason to feel like, hey, I got it going on because I know Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, and he's really got it going on. And as long as I follow him, I got something going on. I'm walking in the purpose of God. But in those days, it was a rare thing. Can you imagine once a year, once every two years, maybe once every five years, hearing a message that was a word from God? So God had a problem. God needed to totally clean house and start over. God had something he needed done. And God has a problem today. Can I say that? God has a problem today. Now, not like we have problems. He's not up there going, what am I going to do? but he's got a problem. There are some things that God needs done. Millions are lost and headed to a Christless eternity. God's got a problem because the Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but all would come to the knowledge of the truth. God's got a problem. Evil forces are at work right now to totally strip America of every vestige of Jesus Christ, every nativity scene, every mention of the gospel. I received an article just this week an article that was in a set from a secular newspaper that was talking about the incredible attempts on the part of secular antichrist forces to totally remove Jesus from every public square, every mention, Christmas is coming. You're gonna go into stores this year and you're gonna hear happy holidays. You're gonna hear God bless you, I guess, or whoever bless you. But here's what you're not gonna hear. Merry Christmas, nothing with Christ nothing with Christ, not anything with Christ, lest we offend somebody else. But can I tell you something? America, don't let anybody fool you. America was birthed in the fires of Christian Holy Ghost revival. Can I tell you the truth about our history just for a moment? We didn't just come to be. There were not all kinds of different religions here when America was birthed under the hand of the sovereignty of God. No, no, no. If you go all the way back to the early American colonies in America, you would find people like John Wesley and Charles Wesley preaching the word of God, preaching salvation from tree stumps in open fields. You would find George Whitfield, the great English evangelist who sailed to America over and over again, whose voice could be heard by 30,000 people with no aid of a microphone because there weren't any. He had a voice like a bell. It carried mile, a mile or more, all on its own. Vast crowds would come to hear him. The English church kicked him out for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he said, very well, if I can't preach within your walls, I'll go to the fields. He went to a field where down in a cave, there were coal miners and he shouted down into the cave, I'm gonna preach the gospel of Jesus Christ today at two o'clock in the afternoon. And when George Whitfield returned, he was stunned to see a sea of coal blackened faces with little rivulets running down the front of them as they wept as they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and revival was birthed. George Whitfield came to Boston. George Whitfield came to New York. George Whitfield came to Philadelphia. George Whitfield preached the gospel. All they would have to do is come and say, 
Whitfield is preaching today at four in the afternoon and immediately people would go on horseback to the farms and the highways and the byways. And when he showed up, there would be a sea of 20 and 30,000 faces. And this man preached the gospel. You must be born again. You've got to come to Jesus. You need a heart transplant. He was eloquent. He was incredible. He was an amazing preacher. And America was birthed in that kind of revival. John and Charles Wesley, George Whitfield, and others like them. The early American colonies, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, Northeastern cities, they were all birthed and baptized in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was revival in the very beginning days of America. Now people try to come along and say, none of that really happened. Revisionists, historical revisionists are trying to take away from us the truth. And I'm telling you, church, God's got a problem in America. Here's the problem. Not just that his son is being removed from every scene, from every place, from every store, from every public square, but his people aren't talking about him. Let me tell you something, folks. Jesus will get back into the culture if Jesus gets back into the church. Come on, everybody. Many churches have forsaken the Word of God and caved into society's pressure to compromise the Word of God. You're hard-pressed going to some churches to even hear about Jesus, to hear the mention of Jesus, even of God. Many churches don't even open up their services with readings from the Scripture. But the Bible says faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It is a total perplexity to me. And I say, we don't need revival. We need reformation. We need for God to bring back the good old gospel. We need preachers standing in the pulpit every Sunday, reading from the Word of God, expounding on the Word of God, teaching the Word of God, preaching the Word of God. We've got to get back to the gospel that shook America, that shook England, that shook the world, that shook Europe all through history. We've got to get back to that gospel. So here's God. God had a problem. And who would have ever thought that God would search the world for a vessel to use and would settle on a heckled, vexed, barren, and miserable woman embroiled in an unbearable family crisis. But God chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. He chooses that which is not to confound that which is. And Hannah's extremity became God's opportunity. Can I tell you today that your extremity, your problem, your pain is going to become God's opportunity? Now, I'm going to say that again. Your pain, your heartbreak, your battles, your struggles, your extremities are going to become God's opportunities. One year, Hannah couldn't take it anymore. She had all she could stand. She couldn't stand no more. During the feast and the family gathering, the heckling became unbearable, the circumstances undoable, and the misery unendurable. I can't take it anymore. How many of you got that way this week? Can't take it anymore. I can't do this anymore. I say that at least once a week in rush hour traffic. Have you ever had this fantasy that a helicopter propeller goes out of the middle of your car, above your car, and starts whirring and lifts you out of it? and you go land where you want? How many of you have that fantasy? It's called the flight response. <laughs> David didn't have helicopter, so he just said, oh, but I had wings like a dove. I'll take helicopter propeller any day. Just get me out of rush hour. But she reached the place. She couldn't take it anymore. And here's where Hannah got her victory. The Bible says in verse 9, so Hannah 
rose. Hannah got up. Hannah rose. She didn't rise to walk away and disappear because when I first read that verse, I started watching, now, now where is she going to get up and go? Because I know what different people would do in different circumstances or circumstances like this. I know what some people would do. They would rise and walk away and disappear. I've had all this fun I can stand. It's time for a new day. I sense God leading me to another place. She didn't rise to bop Penina in the head, which I think God would have anointed her to do. She didn't rise to tell Elkanah, who never really did understand her pain, to do something about Penina, wife number two. Can't you tell her to leave me alone? Can't you tell her to shut up? We'll get back to Pastor Jeff in a moment to close out today's program. But first, I want to share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to share the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ in a way that gets hardwired into your life. And we trust these messages from Pastor Jeff aren't something you can only listen to and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's a priority to us. And you get to join us in this important mission. Call us at 877-884-3111 to say you're in. Or drop us a line at our website, hardwired.org. Well, here's Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. She did not do that. She rose to find a place of prayer. She rose to find a place of prayer. She rose to take her grief to the only one who could do something about it. She rose to carry her case to the one who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. She rose to take it to God. Now, I'm going to tell you something, folks. Here's the key. It is not what happens to you. It is not what happens to you. Stuff happens in this life. Unfairnesses happen in this life. Inequities happen in this life. Betrayals happen in this life. Wrong things happen to right people in this life. Bad things happen to good people in this life because we live in a devil-infested, sin-infected world. It's not what happens to you. It is how you respond to what happens to you. You can't control what other people do. You can only control what you do. And you have, catch this now, total control over your responses. Total. You have total control. No, I don't, Pastor Jeff. My dad had a temper. My granddaddy had a temper. I've got this terrible, furious temper. It's their fault. No, when you lose your temper, it's your fault. And you'll never get set free until you own it. Just own it. Just go ahead and own it. Everybody around you knows it anyway. You're not informing anybody around you that you've got a temper. They all know. That's why the animals run and duck behind the furniture when you come home. It is where you take your pain. It is where you take your pain. The same sun that melts butter hardens clay. Some people respond by hardening their heart to God, to adversities and troubles. And that's why I'm preaching this the next few weeks, because God never even wastes a pain. The grace of God is at work in your life. If you'll respond to the grace of God, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal that God has cut with us. That when adversity happens, there are two things in your life. There is the enemy wanting you to respond badly, wanting you to get angry at God, angry at people, angry at the church, angry at everything, and walk away and become a bitter old man or woman. 
That's the devil. And he'll do it if you'll let him do it. He'll work you, he'll work you, and he'll work you until that's the way you are. I like what Abe Lincoln said. Every man and every woman is responsible for their face after 40. What does that mean? Well, if you look like this after 40, that's because of the way, that's the way you responded to things. Oh, here he comes. But watch this. If you respond to the grace of God being extended to you in your trials after 40, well, you ought to see all of you. You've been around those people. You see them coming and you hide. Hey, how's it going? Oh, don't talk to me about how it's going. It's, it's, just, it's like a Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi. Hey, it's Naomi. Don't call me Naomi. Call me bitter. And there's people in the church this way. They make a service, let me tell you. You better preach good. You better preach me out of this hell I'm in. And so here's the deal. You got the devil wanting to carry you down that bitterness, that misery, all of that. And you got God. And what he, here's what he's doing. He's extending grace. That's why the Bible says, let no man fail of the grace of God that no root of bitterness would be planted in you and spring up defiling many. Notice what he says. The grace of God is being extended toward you and if you respond to it, you won't have a root of bitterness. What's the grace of God? It is the power to do the will of God. That's the grace of God. It's the power to do the will of God. You don't have it in you to forgive an enemy, to much less pray for an enemy, unless it's Lord, kill him. The grace of God comes to enable you to do what you couldn't do on your own. The grace of God is being extended every time you're offended, every time you're hurt, every time you're in pain. The grace of God is there. And if you respond to the grace of God by keeping your heart like butter, not hardened clay, and you let the grace of God change you and rearrange you and mature you and put character into you, the character of Christ, you'll come through the trial on the other side. And that's what Hannah did. Hannah said, if I don't, touch God. This is going to destroy me. You know what that is? That's a do or die trial. You see the options. If I don't touch God, if I don't get a breakthrough, if he doesn't answer me, if I don't get a word from God, this is going to take me out. How many of you know what that's like? It's going to take me out. It's going to be the ruin of me. It's going to wipe me out. I won't be able to handle it. So Hannah went and wept before God. Now, hang on, everybody. Let me show you something. Let me show you something as we approach the end. In the extremity of her pain, God brought opportunity for gain. When you read the story, you see that God is the one who closed her womb. That's what it says twice. That's a misprint, Pastor Jeff. No, it's not. That's the word of God. God is the one who closed her womb because if he had allowed Hannah to be like everybody else, a woman, just like everybody else, like all other women, just let her have her children, raise them, grow old and die. Are you ready? She'd have been like everybody else. But God didn't want her like everybody else. So God closed her womb 
We've got to understand sometimes, folks, that when we're experiencing pain in the presence of God, walking with God, sometimes God's got a higher purpose we can not see. You got to walk through it. She didn't see what God saw. God had a plan because God had a problem. I said, God had a plan because God had a problem and he didn't want Hannah to be like everybody else and he didn't want you to be like everybody else. He needed a new prophet to speak to the nation. He needed a man after his heart to represent him to the people. The whole priesthood was corrupt. God was looking for new people. He needed someone totally consecrated to him living in the temple day and night. So he found a woman in pain and said, I'm gonna take care of your problem and mine at the same time. Have you ever noticed that God takes care of your problems and his at the same time? Have you ever had God get a hold of you and just put a desire down in your heart where you're saying, oh God, oh God, I really, I wanna preach. Like David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I seek you and I read your word. Have you ever just had God deal with your heart and just, where you say, oh God, please do this, please do this, please do this. Because if you'll do this, it'll help me. But have you ever noticed that what God puts in your heart to pray for, it also advances his kingdom? God waited till Hannah wanted what she wanted so bad that she would offer a prayer that hit the bullseye of what God was after. Here's what she prayed. In her desperation, she falls before God, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And she says these words. She made a vow to the Lord and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. This is what I want, Lord, a male child. And Lord, no, my husband won't do. A secure household won't do. Money in the bank won't do. There are some things for which there is no substitute. Lord, I've got to have this dream. I've got to have what you put in my heart come to pass. I don't care what goes on around me. I don't care what it takes from me. I don't care what price I've got to pay. Please, God, do this. God says, I've been waiting for you to pray that way because in meeting your need, I'm going to meet mine too. And then it says, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. God said, bingo. And I can hear him saying, Hannah, if I hadn't closed your womb and allowed a penina into your life, you would have been like everyone else. You would never have been in this place of prayer, consecrating your son to my work all the days of his life. You'd have never been here. You'd have been like everybody else. I can almost hear God saying to her, Hannah, in the early days of my dealings, when I'm working out my plan in the lives of my children, it's usually not seen. It looks like I'm nowhere around, even like I've left you. In the early days of my dealings, Hannah, I leave no footprints. But toward the end, my plan becomes clear. The bigger picture emerges. Now, Hannah, you will have a son and I will have my priest and prophet. And always know this, Hannah, I don't even waste a pain. I don't even waste a pain. Now, can you imagine Hannah going up every year, year one, year two, year three, and there's little Samuel. She's not with him all year long. He's in there keeping the fire burning in the temple of God. Come here, son. Sit on mama's lap. I'm so proud of you. Look at you. Do you know that you would not be here 
if I hadn't been in pain? Do you know that I'd have never let you stay here all year long if I hadn't made a vow to God? But God used my pain to bring about His will. Year two, year three, and then it finally got to the place where this little boy became the anointer of kings and the prophet to the whole nation. Don't you know she could turn around to Penina then? You see my boy? You see my boy? Uh-huh, yeah, he's anointing kings. You see my boy? What you wanna say now? I want you to say with me, God's in charge. Even of the painful things, He'll bring good out. You've been listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. It would mean the world to us to know how the program has helped you today. So take a quick minute and give us a call, 877-884-3111. Or you can connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. And if you enjoy the program as much as we love bringing it to you, Let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. There are daily costs associated with the program, and we truly do depend on the faithful financial support of our listeners like you to allow us to be on this station. So please consider partnering with us today with your gifts to this ministry. You can call us at 877-884-3111 or go to the website hardwired.org. Again, Call 877-884-3111 or at our website, hardwired.org. Thank you for your loyal partnership as we couldn't do this without you. And finally, Pastor Jeff is the founder and senior pastor of the vibrant Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're ever in the area, we hope you'll stop by and say hi. Let us know that you listen to the program. That would really make our day. And Pastor Jeff would love to meet you personally, too. So till next time, have a great day. And thanks so much for listening to Hardwired.